This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I am your host Jordan. If you're new around here, I am mum to two beautiful boys. I've got Jai who is three, Ali who is one and a half, and we live in the sunny Papamoa in New Zealand. I have an online hypnobirthing course called Your Birth Project, also an online store with everything pregnancy, postpartum, and birth related. <laughs> and I also have uh, the Your Birth Project journal, which is the perfect complement to the course. It's got pregnancy education and information. It's got lots of pages for reflection. It's got lots of birth tips and birth education and also some postpartum planning in there too. So make sure you go and check all of those out if you are pregnant. And today, what have I got for you today? So I speak with Jess and she's a beautiful mum from Auckland and she has a story to share with us about Crohn's disease and how that sort of impacted her in falling pregnant and in her pregnancy and postpartum journey. She takes us through her pregnancy, her birth story, where she gave birth to a 10.4 pound baby, and she talks us through that whole experience, which she had a normal, I'll let her talk you through it, but she had a um, like pretty standard scans, they never expected her baby to be overly large, and then she got to 41 weeks and had to go for a scan, and they told her it was going to be 10.4 pounds, and she was like, holy shit. So anyway, she talks us through that into her birth story, and then her baby Bodhi is now six weeks old, so she talks to us about what the last six weeks have been like. I love this episode, I know you're going to enjoy it too, so I will let you jump into it. Enjoy. Hey Jess, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> no problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, definitely. So my name's Jess. I am 29 years old and live on in North Shore, Auckland. Um, I live with my fiancé, Chaz, and my beautiful new baby boy, Bodhi, who is six <laughs> weeks old tomorrow, actually. Ooh, six weeks. He's still so new. It's He's so cute. so fresh. <laughs> Oh, very cool. Awesome. And we're going to talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and what the last six weeks has been like. But yeah. maybe we'll start with uh, what was the journey like to pregnancy for you and Chaz? Yeah, so we weren't really, at the time of conceiving, we weren't really trying, but also weren't preventing um, yeah. getting pregnant. Because um, prior to that, I had actually been in hospital um, because I have Crohn's disease, which I have had since I was, well, diagnosed since I was 17 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit of a shock for us. <laughs> but at the same time, like I said, we weren't really preventing pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because Chaz and I have been together for, well, we're high school sweethearts, actually. Aww, so lovely. <laughs> it'll be 13 years this year, I think. So Amazing. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, obviously going back to the the hospital thing. So months prior to falling pregnant, I'd been in hospital because I had an obstruction, um, which was basically like uh, a tight rubber band of scar tissue formed um, kind of around my bowels. Mm. And that basically the way to describe it is like if you have a hose and you kind of bend it in half and water won't flow all the way out. That's basically what happened to me. Um, And so, yeah, it was quite a shock when we when we fell pregnant because I was maybe, I think, six weeks out of hospital at that time. Yeah, Yeah. So we were very fortunate. Because we didn't yeah. even think we would, we were obviously going to start trying at some stage this, um, yeah. yeah, this year. But um, yeah, we were just lucky enough that it happened for us last year. <laughs> yeah, and for those who maybe don't know um, what Crohn's is, do you just want to talk us through? Like, I know I know a very minimal amount about it, but it's an autoimmune disease, right? And do you yes. take any like medication or anything for it? Yeah, so I have been on, it's a medicine called infliximab, which I actually go into the hospital every eight weeks and have it through an IV um, line. And that's kind of the only thing for me that's worked long term. Like I've tried, you know, there's only so long you can be on steroids Mm. for, which is normally what they do to begin with. But um, yeah, that's kind of the only thing for me that's kept it at bay, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Crohn's disease is an autoimmune disease and it basically is an inflammatory bowel disease. So it affects yeah. your your whole dig- digestive tract, basically. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of get ulcers through your intestines. You mm. can get, um, you get really bad fatigue. You can get just, yeah, it's, it's not a pleasant disease, no. that's for sure. <laughs> No, no, absolutely not. Okay, and so when you found out you were pregnant, did you, like, do you have regular periods? Did you miss a period? What sort of made you think um, that you might be pregnant and you should take a test? So after my surgery, I think I had one period, but it was late, and I thought, oh, this is probably just due to medication and stress, whereas before my periods were quite regular. Um, And then, yeah, I was a bit late, And then eventually got my period, but it was the following month. I was late, I think maybe two days. And I thought, oh, this is a bit strange. Like, surely Mm. the body's recovered now. Um, And I remember thinking, I've got one pregnancy test in the bathroom. I should just take it and see, um, just to, you know, check. And then Mm. within seconds, it came (laughs) up positive. And I just remember shaking, thinking, how am I going to, deal with this pregnancy now that I've got this huge scar across my stomach from my surgery Mm. like am I going to be okay is it going to affect my recovery long term um but yeah I was but at the same time excited obviously yeah yeah yeah. I can totally relate to the shock anyway of the um seeing that line show up on a pregnancy test is just crazy and did you have any um any symptoms that sort of started any time after that in your first trimester? I think my symptoms didn't really start till about six weeks. Yeah. And then I pretty much had really bad nausea from then up until maybe 14 weeks, I want to say. Oh, yeah. 
um yeah just just felt like an awful awful hangover thankfully I was never (laughs) sick um but the funniest thing was I had like all these ginger kisses and gingerbread biscuits and all sorts of things in my drawer when I was working and no one clicked onto it at all and we always <laughs> share snacks at work and everything yeah no one thought anything of it and I was oh, thinking yeah. my whole drawer is full of ginger <laughs> and yeah. everyone knows that's like the yes. anti-nausea yeah 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 so good and mm. what about your care like having Crohn's disease did it mean that you could still go with a midwife or did you have to go with an obstetrician or yeah what did that look like for you Yeah, so I chose a midwife as my primary care. Um, She was incredible. And then I ended up just going under an obstetric team as well because um, just in terms of like my medication um, and if I was to have a flare-up, which is when Mm. your Crohn's um, becomes a bit more active, if I was to have that happen, what would be the steps that we could take and mm. making sure that bubs was okay and um, also just checking if we needed any extra scans and stuff like that because of if there was any scar tissue blocking growth or um, anything like that. But thankfully for me, my Crohn's was actually under control um, during my pregnancy and I only really talked to the obstetric team when I was taking my medication. So, mm. yeah. Awesome. And what was your pregnancy experience like from there? How did you go in the second trimester? Did you want to find out the sex of your baby? What did all of that look like? Yeah, so I say pregnancy was easy for me, but I mean that in terms of like I didn't get, obviously I only got the nausea, I didn't get the vomiting, and I never got any sort of like pelvic pains and lower back pains. Um, The one thing I did have was migraines, but I ended up Mm. going to a chiropractor throughout my whole pregnancy and within, I think, like two months of going there, my migraines disappeared because obviously as well, taking stronger pain relief during pregnancy isn't, Mm. um, you can't really do that. Yeah. And yeah, that seemed to help massively and that possibly could have contributed to like no lower back pain and stuff as well. Mm. Um, But highly recommend seeing a chiropractor if you are pregnant because just the, yeah, they're really good for sort of setting you up for like labor and um, birth and all that sort of stuff. Um, And then 20 weeks, yes, we did our scan. Chaz and I found out the sex of baby there um, and we just did a really small intimate immediate family like sort of gender reveal Mm -hmm. which was pretty special um it was funny my mum actually really wanted us to have a boy so (laughs) she had bought and we had it at her house and she'd bought all these blue things she didn't know we were having a boy (laughs) but she was I guess putting it into fruition that she wanted the boy and buying (laughs) all the blue things for us yeah totally so that was pretty cool um and yeah yeah awesome Oh, and what about birth education? Did you do any antenatal courses or anything else that was useful in the lead up to your birth? So we decided not to do antenatal only because um, I have a lot of friends who have babies, like close friends. Um, I actually had one of my best friends. Her baby was born two weeks after we had ours. Um, So I had a lot, a lot of support from close friends around me in terms of like, you know, just 
parenthood and pregnancy yeah. and birth and all that sort of stuff. But we did actually purchase your birth project. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and so Chaz and I would listen to those at night and they were, yeah, it was just nice because it kind of got us in like a relaxed head frame about all the possibilities when yeah. it was time for bubs to arrive. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and it was kind of, it was quite soothing actually, like listening <laughs> to some of your, your, um, yeah, some of the um, podcasty things yeah, yeah. at night awesome. as well. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And did that give you much of like a, um, you know, did you want to have a water birth or did you want to birth at home or in the hospital? Like, did you have much of a birth plan or thoughts on how you wanted birth to go off the back of that? Yeah, well, being my first pregnancy, I kind of, I always wanted to go to hospital just for that sort of backup um, mm. in terms of, support and medication and all that sort of stuff but I actually wanted to have a water birth and you know it'd be this nice peaceful (laughs) journey but turns out it was the complete opposite to that (laughs) which is you know I feel like that's what happens for most first-time mums it kind of goes it wasn't a bad experience but it definitely um yeah wasn't what I envisioned my but that's yeah. okay yeah okay and we'll get to that in a minute but before we do yeah. were you doing anything in preparation for birth like were you antenatal expressing were you doing you know like raspberry leaf tea uh, perennial massage anything like that I kind of the only thing I really did was lots of walking um yeah. because I was qu- I'm I'm quite active and pre-pregnancy I was very active but during pregnancy, I just, it all took a back step and I just thought, nah, mm-hmm. I'm just going to let my body relax for a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, towards the end, I did lots of walking and I had a little bit of pineapple, like, mm-hmm. but other than that, I didn't really, I just didn't want to put any stress on myself yeah. if I yeah. was to try things and then I wasn't successful. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely yeah. understand that. Yeah. Cool. And do you want to take us through your labour starting? So was it spontaneous? Uh, How far along were you? What did the start of your labour look like? Yeah, so basically um, we ended up getting induced because I was, I think at 41 weeks, I went in for a scan just to check that Bubs was okay and everything was still tracking fine. Um. And I guess they kind of measure how big Bubs is as well. And at the time, he was measuring 10 pound four. Was he measuring big in the rest of your pregnancy? No, he was kind of on on par with, you know, me for my height and my ethnicity and everything like that. And then all of a sudden at 41 weeks, they were like, yeah, he's looking like he's going to be 10 pound four. Wow. I know. And then... We kind of, and they obviously say to you, you know, give or take 10, 15%. It's not always super accurate. Um, And then I had a stretch and sweep with my midwife after that, um, just to kind of kick things off. And she sort of said to me, like, without pressuring me, if we do go to 42, he could, he's just going to keep growing day and day Mm -hmm. and day. You know, he's happy in there. He doesn't showing any signs of leaving. Um, So, my thoughts are we should probably look at getting induced by the weekend. I think this was on, yeah, on the Wednesday is when we had the stretch and sweep and the scan. Um, 
and then yeah so from there she put a referral in and the hospital called me and then they booked me in to be induced on the Friday so I was 41 and two days I think yeah. Um, but by then my, because of the stretch and sweep, I feel like it kind of, I lost, I started losing my mucus plug and everything like that. Um, and so it kind of, I think it kind of kickstarted it. Cause I know when mm. people get induced sometimes, um, it can take up to, you know, like two, three days or, mm. um, quite a long time. So yeah. So 7.30 on the Friday morning, we went into the hospital um, and then started on the induction process. And at the North Shore Hospital, they do the little, um, I don't know what it's called, but the where they syringe the medicine. And uh, is it oral? Yes, yes. Uh, my, I think it's mysoprostol. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they give remember. you that. No, neither. Um, <laughs> they give you that every two hours, and then they also monitor you every half an hour before you have the dose or something. Yeah. So we kind of thought, okay, this could, we could be in for a long weekend here. So, um, yeah, we started the doses. And then what we would do is pretty much after the monitors were taken off me, um, Chaz and I would go and we'd just do a little loop around the hospital grounds. And for those that know, the North Shore Hospital is right next to a lake. So that was cool. And we could, and mm. it was a nice day. So we would just kind of go around there and get a coffee and have some food and just sort of relax a bit and not not stress ourselves out mm. um and then I think we got to maybe the fifth dose so basically they give you doses every two hours up until 6 p.m and then normally they stop you they let you sleep and then you start again if nothing happens but we went to get our fifth dose and I looked at Chaz and I thought and I said to him I think there's something happening here um and obviously being a first time mum you don't really know like is this mm. a contraction is this just I don't know what's going on here um and I said to him I know our midwife said don't time them but maybe just time them for peace of mind and then we can see if I actually am having contractions or whether there's just I don't know he's moving around or something mm. um and so we started that and then we did we started timing them for about an hour and then he looked at me and he goes yeah these are pretty these are sort of three to five minutes apart here um and they weren't that intense I could kind of breathe through them um and I was just but the thing that really put me off was when you get induced you don't get put into a birthing suite until you're in active labor Mm -hmm. so the room was tiny and we had taken our big suitcase full of all our things and our Mm -hmm. lights and music and all that but we just didn't feel like we could set it all up in there because it was just so small yeah um and so I just remember looking at him and thinking these are getting a little bit more intense I still I can still cope with them but I'm feeling really claustrophobic in this small room Mm. um and especially because and I think at this point as well um baby's heart rate had jumped really high to like 180 or something where it had kind of sit about 140 all day Mm. so they had me monitored and for over an hour I think it was um and then they ended up putting a heart rate monitor on me and also a blood pressure so I was kind of stuck in this one position like I can't Mm. move I can't sort of relax and then I just said to them like you know can we get these monitors off because I just 
I can't relax into this um, yeah. this labour. And I didn't want it to sort of seize me up and then, um, you know, make for like an even longer labour or yeah. I don't know. I just really didn't feel relaxed. Um, and then I think by this point it was about 6pm and so that obviously the midwives change over and we had this lovely lady and she just sort of, she could tell that I wasn't comfortable and she just said, oh, you know what, let's just check you and see if you are, you know, on your way um, to active labour. And so she did and she was like, oh, cool, you're about four, five centimetres. And Chaz looked at her straight away and he was like, all right, can we please go to the birthing suite? Because this mm-hmm. room is closing in on both of us real quick. Mm. Um and so thankfully she was like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. Um, and then so we went into the birthing room and Chaz kind of set up um, a little diffuser and some nice mood lighting and we put some music on. Um, but then when you're induced as well, once you start active labour, they monitor you 24-7, they don't take it off. And then the contractions started coming on a lot they were they kind of felt like they were rolling on top of each other yeah and from what I've heard from people that can often happen as well when you're induced the contractions kind of come on quicker they Mm. come on faster um and stronger than they would if you just kind of naturally went into labor yeah um and then I started on the gas in the air because I just thought oh this is too much I'm done being brave like let's just (laughs) Yeah. Let's just get some gas in here. And obviously we've yeah. been there since 7.30 in the morning. So both of us mm. were getting quite tired. Um, so went on that. And then about 11 p.m. that night, my midwife arrived. Um, and I said to her, I think I need the epidural because I don't know if I'm only five centimeters or whatever. Mm. I just don't think I can cope with just the gas in here. Um And then, so she checked me and she was like, yeah, you're about five, let's get the epidural. And so I think the anaesthetist came in at about 1am. And then, yeah, she started me on the epidural. And then my midwife actually broke my waters because my waters hadn't broken either. So, and then we basically, it was just a waiting game until Mm -hmm. um, we were ready to push. So Chaz kind of set himself up a little bed and my midwife said this is a perfect opportunity for you to have a little rest um, because there's not really a lot that either of us can do right now for Jess Mm. and so he had a little kip and then I think at about 4am she checked me again and she was like yeah all right we're um, we should be pushing in the next sort of half an hour Um, and with that I feel like your body kind of goes into like you kind of get I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today little bit of adrenaline um and I started shaking but I wasn't nervous or anything but I think it's just that whole you know you've been lying there for so long and then all Mm. of a sudden oh yes it's go time yeah um 
so but she was fine she was so calm and so lovely and then obviously we woke chairs up from his nice little sleep in the corner <laughs> yeah um and said it was go time and then I ended up pushing for two hours um but he just wasn't really every contraction he would come and I would push and he would sort of his head would come down a little bit and they could see him and then once the contraction finished he would just mm. suck right back up in there yeah um, and so, yeah, after about two hours, my midwife said, okay, so, you know, this is kind of normally the cutoff time. We start looking at other options here. Mm. Um, thankfully, Bubs was okay and his heart rate never jumped from there. Yeah. Um, he was quite relaxed in there. So then, yeah, they got the doctor in and basically, um, they, they decided on four sets. Yeah. But again, they didn't know whether they wanted to take us down to surgery in case we needed to have an emergency Caesar or keep us in the ward. Mm. Um, and then eventually another doctor came in and she said, oh, I think we will be okay to just do it in the ward. So all of a sudden our room went from this nice, serene, like dimly mm. lit room to seven, eight, nine, I can't even count how many people came in the room. The lights went on, my legs <laughs> went up, the yeah. bed got chopped in half. Um, and then, yeah, we had a forcep delivery, um, and I had an episiotomy with that, and then he was born at 6.59am on Saturday morning, weighing his 10.4 pounds. Oh my gosh, so he was that big. <laughs> bang on, bang on. Oh, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, but it was so funny, because Chaz said to me, like, I don't really remember what everyone was saying. I was kind of listening into my midwife. She was right mm. near my ear just saying, you know, push and then pant. And then so I was really just trying to zone out and I had a flannel over my eyes. Um, and by this point, obviously, it was, what's that, 24 hours we'd been in the hospital. Mm. Um, so I was just doing whatever anyone told me because I was mm. so exhausted by this point. But Chair said the mid the sorry, the doctors when they were pulling him out were going, Oh, he's got so much hair. Oh my god, he's got big shoulders and like everything <laughs> they said he was like, Oh, he's got big hands and all this sort of stuff. And then yeah, yeah. it turns out he was bang on ten point four pounds. Oh my god, big boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And so did they pop him straight up onto your chest? Yes, straight up onto yeah. my chest. Um and I just remember bursting into tears thinking, Oh my god, like you know, you you get all these um, photos of your baby through your scan, but you have I no know. idea what they're going to look like. And then they just get plonked on your chest and you just think, holy, like I did this for, well, 10 months. Yeah. And now he's finally here and I get to enjoy him. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was like yeah. such an incredible feeling for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And when you were like, when you've been pushing for that long and they said that they think you need the forceps and then you needed an episiotomy, did you know what that was? How did you feel about like those conversations? And yeah, I, do, I guess just for other people out there who might end up in a similar situation, like, yeah, what did that feel like? And were you like informed about the choices that you're making and all of that sort of stuff? Yeah, so we obviously on your birth project, there's the little episodes about everything like the C-section mm -hmm. and the forceps and stuff. So <clears throat> I had, def and I done a little bit of research myself and I'm yeah. for years, like my mum and I, we've loved watching birth. Um, what is it called? One Born Every Minute. Oh, we yes. love that. <laughs> love yeah. that show. 
Um, So, yeah, I was definitely aware of what sort of happens. Um, And even, sorry, with the episiotomy too, like I knew, and I almost thought in my head, I think I would rather this than a tear because at least this Mm. is controlled and Mm. is a surgical sort of thing um, rather than, yeah, my body tearing. So I I was happy for that. And I think at that point, I had just kind of thought the pushing was the pushing was probably the hardest part of my labor now that I look back at it because no one mm. you can't really prepare yourself physically to push like yeah. you just and especially having a um epidural you don't really know is this doing anything yeah. you can't feel yeah. if it's helping or not you're kind of just being told like yes that's good or I don't know yeah <clears throat> um, yeah I get that yeah, and I think once they told me the timings of everything, because I feel like when you're in labor, you don't really get a sense of time. Mm. Um, once they kind of said, you know, it's been two hours, this is when we start to intervene and blah, blah, blah. I just thought, you know what? I'm I'm relaxed. My baby's mm. relaxed. Let's just do what we need to do in order to get him here safe. Yeah. Um, and in order for me to be safe as well, because obviously... Mm. Um, you know, your body might start to go into shock too if you you start to, and you if you start to feel a little bit stressed about it. Yeah. Um, but again, because my midwife was so incredible, she kind of was just very calming and relaxed about the whole thing. It wasn't mm. this big stress of, oh my god, we yeah. have to get him out and we have to do it now. She was kind of like, no, you know, he's in the right spot, but he's just a little bit happy inside. So let's just <laughs> tell him it's time to come out. um yeah so in terms of choice and everything like that and I remember looking at chairs and he was the same and he just said let's just do whatever's Mm. required so that um everyone is safe happy healthy yeah and yeah 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 awesome and do you remember the stitches from the episiotomy like what was that like for you and um yeah because I think when before I gave birth I think that was one of the things I thought about the most was like Mm. tearing and stitches and Obviously, I've had it now, and I know that it's, like, like for me, anyway, it was, like, uncomfortable, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world. So, I guess, yeah, what was it like for you? Um, well, I guess having my previous surgeries as well, I feel like that helped me in terms of, like, you know, being cut and being stitched up mm. and going through pain and recovery. I was never really nervous about any of that because I'd mm. had previous surgeries before and had had... I almost feel like worse. Yeah. Um, and I kind of knew what recovery for any kind of, well, not any kind of surgery, but recovery from surgery yeah. looks like and feels yeah. like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I wasn't really, I think I was preoccupied with um, my son on my chest, <laughs> to be honest, when she was yeah. doing the stitches. But then I remember thinking, She's been down there for quite some time now, so this must be quite a big cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And do you remember how many stitches you got? I don't actually think she told me. No. And to be honest, I don't think I asked. I just thought, no, no. Yeah. let's get my legs out of these stirrups, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. And so what happened from there? Were you um, like taken to a different room? How long did you stay in hospital for? What did all of that look like? So after he was placed on my chest, he basically latched straight away. 
um, which was amazing. And we actually mm. had, so my midwife went home because she'd obviously been there for eight hours and then had been working all day the day before. Mm. So <clears throat> she took off, which was totally fine. And the midwife that we got given that morning was actually a lactation specialist, um, so, which I think was amazing because then, yeah, she just helped put baby on. He mm. latched straight away and he was on me for maybe about an hour. And then um, they did all his checks and everything. And then she kind of said to me, okay, like when you feel ready, just slowly get yourself up, um, go and have a shower and we will take you over to the maternity suite. Um, and then I just remember thinking, oh my God, I just gave birth an hour ago. You want me to have a shower? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but eventually I managed to get myself up and then um, Chaz got skin to skin with him while I jumped in the shower. But I don't even think I washed. I think I just stood under the water mm. um, and tried not to pass out pretty much and yeah, yeah because you just yeah it's a it's a lot of emotion and yes. stuff yeah. once your baby's there and then yeah so we had the shower um and then they wheeled us over to the maternity suite um and then we stayed we only stayed in hospital for one night um and then we ended up driving up to the walkworth birth center the following day yeah um but we actually, funny story, is drove up to the birth center in the cyclone, Cyclone oh, Gabriel. No. Oh. Yeah. So that was a fun journey with a newborn, and um, yeah, I remember we left the hospital, and we were driving up there, and we were just coming. For those who live in Auckland, and whoever, if you've ever been up to sort of Tafarinui that way, there's the tunnels and. Right before the tunnels is when we got the emergency alert text on our phones. Mm. And I just remember thinking, thank God I have both of our phones. Because if Chaz saw this while driving, he would have turned <laughs> that car around and driven yeah. us straight home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we ended up staying at the Walkworth Birth Centre for two nights. Yeah. Um, and I highly, highly recommend that for anyone who's a first-time mum. Um the hospital is great, but they just don't have the extra staff to look after you mm. if there's nothing wrong. I definitely feel like in the hospital, it's kind of, you have to go to them. Yeah. Um, and once we got to the birth center, they were popping in and out all the time. And they also make you as a mum feel like your recovery is important too, whereas mm. I didn't quite feel that in the hospital. Yeah. It was very much like Bubs is the important one. Um, have you gone to the toilet? Not are you okay to go to the toilet? Do mm. you need help? It was just like you need to go to the bathroom kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, once we got up to the birth centre, it was incredible and they were so lovely. And even with chairs, you know, they um, – gave him his kind of, I guess, roles and duties that would help support both of us. Mm. Um, but then on the second night, we were up at the birth centre, we had a power cut. Oh, so no. it was just all go, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they had the power cut and then they lost reception as well. Mm. So the poor midwives felt so bad and they had these torches on their heads walking around trying to find <laughs> us all. Oh, my goodness. Mm. But... Um, Thankfully, he was a very, I want to say chilled. No mm. newborn is chill, but, you know, he was a very, he was easily settled, yeah. I guess you could say. 
Um, so yeah, by the by day two, uh, night two, and the power's still out, we kind of looked at each other and went, you know what, these guys have been incredible. We feel pretty confident. Um, and then we decided to drive home, but obviously we didn't even know if we could get home because of mm. the, the slips and everything. But um, another couple that day had actually arrived from the shore as well. So we kind of thought, okay, this is our, this is our window. Mm. We can go now. The rain has stopped. And then, yeah, that was what yeah. we did um, <laughs> pretty much after birth. Yeah, 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 awesome. And how has your feeding journey gone since? I have been so lucky. I feel like because he was on me straight away, latched so well, mm. um, and I just made sure when I was in hospital and in Walkworth, I just soaked up all the information that they would give in terms yeah. of latching and breastfeeding. Um, and I would just kind of, I would literally call the midwives in whenever I was feeding and just say, "Hey, can you check this? Is this okay?" Mm. Um, because you just yeah, you don't know if it's right, you don't know if it feels right. But thankfully for me, he latched very well um, and breastfed really well from day dot. So yeah, yeah we were lucky yeah. in that sense for sure. Yeah, awesome. And what about your physical recovery from your episiotomy and the forceps and just birth in general? How have you found the last six weeks? And is there anything that you've found like particularly useful in your recovery? Um, so for me, I feel like, again, going back to having previous surgeries, I was kind of in the mindset of like, it might be uncomfortable, but you just got to do it in terms of going to the mm. bathroom and stuff. And I just thought, even if I sit in there for 20 minutes... Mm. It's going to be so much better if I just relax and um, at least try to go to the bathroom yeah. rather than sort of getting all tense and yeah. um, making it worse. Yeah. And again, at the birth centre, they have all of the things that you need. And I remember purchasing a little kit from um, Viva La Volva and getting oh, the yeah. little... What is that? The Peri bottle, which was yeah. amazing. And then I would just put the witch hazel in there. Um, and then when you're at the Walkworth birth center, they actually have a little like stool by the bathroom. And I feel like that helps, especially for that first time going number mm. twos, because yes. that can be quite yeah. nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd read all sorts of things that having the stool and having like the right angle and everything mm. can definitely help. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in terms of recovery from my episiotomy, I, I think I've been quite lucky, but unfortunately for me, my Crohn's decided it would appear straight after labor. Mm. So I ended up having to have a short course of steroids, um, after birth. And then I think about a week actually after we got home mm. and then, um, a quick infusion at the hospital because, yeah, it didn't come back really bad, but I think it was just everything, you know, like your body kind yeah. of is a little bit stressed and overworked and the hormones as well from breastfeeding kind of all hit you at once. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but luckily now sort of getting into week six, heading into week six, um, feeling so much better from my medication and everything. And Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And what about, like, your mental health? Have you had any moments over the last six weeks where you've felt like you've had the baby blues? Or, yeah, I guess, what has that journey been like? 
Oh, wow. The baby blues hit me hard. (laughs) I think it was like day four or five when we got home. Um, And I just remember looking at everything, like looking at all these photos of him and I just could not stop crying. Mm. And then when they do, you know, and then obviously there's so many changes with a newborn that you just don't know. Is this okay? Are they okay? And I just remember crying and crying for like two days straight, basically. (laughs) Um, and then as well, obviously, I I think I ended up getting, what did my midwife call it, like milk fever or something? Um, when your milk comes in and if it comes in quite hard and fast. Oh, yes. You, you can feel spike, like you've got the flu, eh? Yes, yes. Yeah. And you can kind of spike like a little bit of a temperature. Yeah. Um, so that happened to me. And then I just remember getting these sort of weird shakes, but I think I was getting, I was just, under a bit of stress and obviously mm. with my Crohn's coming back the fatigue on top of not mm. sleeping um really sort of hit me so it was a lot that first week for sure was a yeah. lot of yeah. emotions um and I guess just trying to sort of deal with the new relationship between Chaz mm. and I because obviously it's yeah. just been the two of us for so long Um, and then now we've got this little human here Mm -hmm. that, um, needs our undivided attention and we're both Mm -hmm. so fatigued and tired. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a a bit more than I expected to be quite honest. Um, It's such a hard one, eh? Like you're just, like you say, you're used to just being the two of you for literally your whole relationship and then all of a sudden you've got this little person who needs all of your attention all of the time um yeah. but you're also exhausted and hormonal and there's all this other stuff going on for you it's a lot mm-hmm. and just recovering and yeah. you think oh my god I don't even have time to like recover and I don't yeah. know in your head whenever you've sort of if you've had a bad sleep you think oh no worries like in the next couple of days I'll be able to have a nice sleep and catch mm-hmm. up but you just don't get that mm-hmm. um and then I think if you overthink it too much, it can stress you out as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. And is there anything else that you feel like we haven't included in your story or anything that you would like want to go back and tell yourself that you wish you knew before you had your baby or, yeah, anything else that you'd like to share? I think um, get a good support crew. Definitely mm. get a good support crew. My partner has been incredible. Um, he has done all of the things that a dad can do when you have a newborn, which has been so helpful for me. My yeah. mum has also been incredible. She ended up taking a week off work after Chaz goes back because, again, for the dads out there, two weeks is not long enough, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel like, to help out with a new mum. So, yeah, thankfully my mum took a week off. Chaz's parents have been incredible um and I obviously have to give a shout out to all of my friends because (laughs) having all of them around like at all hours of the night Mm. um all hours of the day and you know it's just so nice it's almost like a mini coffee group right yeah just having them there to message when something's not quite right or is this normal and they all have replied and be like yep this has happened here, Mm, this is what mm. we did. It just makes you feel so much better because I think 
You do. As a first-time mum, everything that happens with your baby is a new experience. Yeah. And you just want to yeah. know that someone out there has dealt with the same thing too. And nine times out of ten, someone else has. Um, but yeah, I honestly, and take all of the help you can get. Like my friends made me this incredible gift, gift bag full of goodies for me. And they <laughs> pre-cooked like a week's worth of food for me and Chaz. Um, yeah. So that I think was so, so helpful. Um, but also don't get discouraged if you do have to, to get pregnant, if you do have, you know, these sort of autoimmune diseases and stuff mm. like that. Um, because there's, there is help out there and there is people that can help you through it. Um, and if you're one of the lucky ones, sometimes pregnancy can actually help you with your, your diseases or your, you know, your autoimmunes. Like I was saying, I, I didn't have a single Crohn's symptom throughout my whole pregnancy. Um, so there's obviously some hormones in there that, uh, help you for sure. But it's a a beautiful journey, and I'm so thankful that I have him here with me now. Um, and I couldn't picture my life without him. It's wild. <laughs> oh. oh, and he's so little. Oh my he's gosh, so I just little. wish I could go back and squeeze my little six-week-old baby. He's so well, he's, tiny. he's little, but he's not really that yeah. little. I think he's nearly yeah. six kilos. Oh my gosh, it sounds like my baby's just like big units. (laughs) Big chunkers, yeah, which I kind of feel like is almost a better thing because you don't feel like, I mean, they are still fragile, but because they've got a little bit of chunk on them, they're not sort of skin and bone. (laughs) I know, I know. Oh, so cute. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jess, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us. I think it's, um, yeah, really useful for others out there who might be suffering from any type of autoimmune disease just to hear someone else sort of talk about their experience as well as just hear about your pregnancy and birth and what the last six weeks has been like for you. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed being on the podcast. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. Make sure you check back next week for another birth story episode. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.